0: Good morning. (laughs) One more time. Good morning. All right. Hey, that's better. That's much better. Okay. Well, welcome to Connection Sunday. Whoa. That makes me feel real good. (laughs) What? Anyway, Connection Sunday is third in a rotation of five weeks. So the first week we focus on teaching. The second week we uh, focus on uh, celebrating, and then third week today, Connections. Then we have the fourth week is prayer, and the fifth week is citywide. So my name is Al, and I'm on the uh, Connection team that puts this Sunday together. And each one of these Sundays is represented by a team of people along with an elder. So um, if you have to contact an elder ever, in a little bit they'll be on the screen here, and you can and, uh, contact them so I'm going to introduce my friend Joy here and she's going to take it from uh, this point on so I hope that all of you really have a great connection Sunday and that you meet some new people and who knows where that goes from there so thank you
1: Hey, family, how are ya? <laughs> um, so good to see you this morning. Um, so like Al said, it's Connection Sunday. And we are going to bring up a few people from Rand Park, both that are sort of new here and have been coming for a while. Um, as I've been engaging, a lot of us have been engaging with the body in the last couple months. Um, I hear people just asking a lot of questions. Um, A big thing I've had some phone conversations with people about in the past couple months has been, why are people still coming to Moran Park? (laughs) There's just a lot of things that we feel like have been stripped away, like our pastoral staff and children's ministry and children's ministry and youth group as we know it, and just the regular rhythms of church. And I have heard some really powerful stories of why people are still around. And so I'm gonna share some of those. Um, I'm going to have other people share, and I'm going to share one this morning of why people are still here. Um, But first, can you hand me my Bible over there? I'm going to read a, thank you, I'm going to read a passage. So um, Psalm 107 has been, is it 107 or 109? Let me look. (laughs) Yeah, Psalm 107. So Psalm 107 has been a passage that's just continually come up in the body Um, over the last like three months or so. Um, And it's something that has kind of carried me through this season. Daniel actually taught on it, or he used it in one of his sermons a couple weeks ago. And a bunch of people have just been sharing like, oh, have you read Psalm 107? And so I've just been seeing it bubble up and felt like this morning would be a great time to share it. Um, As I share it, just kind of pay attention to some of the trouble that... um, Is being expressed, and then the crying out to the Lord as a result of that trouble. And then the Lord just continually delivers. And so I'm going to read it, and then I'll share a little bit more about it. Some wandered in desert wastes. This is Psalm 107, 4 through 9. Some wandered in desert wastes, finding no way to a city to dwell in. Hungry and thirsty, their soul fainted within them. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He led them by a straight way till they reached a city to dwell in. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love, for his wondrous works to the children of man, for he satisfies the longing soul and the hungry soul he fills with good things. I'm going to skip down to verse 23. Some went down to the sea in ships, doing business on the great waters. They saw the deeds of the Lord, his wondrous works in the deep, for he commanded and raised the stormy wind, which lifted up the waves of the sea. They mounted up to heaven, they went down to the depths, their courage melted away in their evil plight. They reeled and staggered like drunken men and were at their wit's end. Then they cried to the Lord in their trouble, and he delivered them from their distress. He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. Then they were glad that the waters were quiet, and he brought them to their desired haven. Let them thank the Lord for his steadfast love his wondrous works to the children of man. Let them extol him in the congregation of the people and praise him in the assembly of the elders. So in that passage we just see them going down to the sea in ships or them wandering in desert wastes, crying out to the Lord, and then he delivers them from their distress and leads them into his way. And so as I call some of these people up, um, a lot of their stories have been, Crying out to the Lord and them meeting Him, meeting them um, in their distress. Some of them are still in process. There's a wide range of stories that are about to be shared about how we've experienced Moran Park in the past year or so, um, and we want to share these stories to give you guys the freedom to experience and talk about what you are experiencing as a part of our family at Moran Park. So the first one I'm going to share is from Julia Stasekul, who wasn't able to be here this morning. But if we can throw up a picture of her so everybody can know who I'm talking about. That's Julia. (laughs) (laughs) And she just wrote something out about her experience um, at Moran Park the past year. Hi, friends, my name is Julia Stasekul, and I've been attending Moran Park for four years, helping to lead worship. And overall, I've loved being a part of this body of believers. As we all know, this season has been full of transition, and at times that's felt confusing or discouraging. For me, part of the challenge has been navigating the differences in the two different worlds that I live in. In one world, I attend Brand Park and get to be a part of our, an amazing house church. I've seen God bear fruit through deeply rooted love, vulnerability, testimony, and tangible acts of service within my house church. And in terms of the greater body on Sunday mornings, I trust our elders as they do their best to discern God's leadership in this season. Then in my other world, I have the privilege of working at campus ministry at GVSU, leading worship and discipling college students. I've also seen God bear fruit there through large group gatherings, times of prayer, and coffee conversations with students. I deeply trust the staff I work with and I've seen incredible unity in the spirit on our team. God's truly doing amazing things there. The fabric of my life is obviously made up of more than just these two places, but at times it can feel disorienting to go from one model of ministry to the next. I've had to ask the Lord what my role is in all of this. In my flesh, I want a clear answer, a clear path forward so I don't have to live in the tension. I find myself asking, God, what model of ministry is right or perfect? Do I need to totally drop one to be a part of the other? If you happen to feel a similar tension in your own heart, I don't know what God will speak to you. But for me, the Lord's been speaking, calling to me in both places. I've needed his guidance, and he's given it in the form of expanding my kingdom vision. He helps me see the ways I put him in a box. I can be a little too black or white in my thinking, and he helps me live in the gray area instead. Usually that looks like, a sm- like small acts of obedience, read the word, serve someone in my house church, have coffee with that student, et cetera, et cetera. I'm convinced now more than ever that God cares about our models of ministry, but not as much as he cares about our hearts being surrendered and submitted to him. That's a really lovely thought, but for now at least, it doesn't relieve me of the tension I feel of being in both places. It doesn't solve the uneasiness of what Moran Park feels like to me right now. It doesn't promise me belonging in either of my worlds forever. But it helps me be faithful, and I think that's what God is asking me to do right now. So that's her story, and I'm also going to invite some other people up to share. So, first, I'm going to invite Liz and Cody Beresh. Give them a hand. <laughs>
2: morning everybody. It is good to be up here and look at all of you guys. You don't get to see everybody when you're sitting in the pew so it's good to see all of you guys. Uh, I am Cody and this is my wife Elizabeth. Uh, We've been going to Moran roughly five years or so and it has really changed over those five years as all of you guys probably have some sort of an idea. Um, I remember back to the Sunday where uh, Britton actually stepped down as pastor, and on the way there, I don't know, I felt something in my spirit saying, like, something's going to change this Sunday, and I looked at my wife, and I said, if Brent steps down this Sunday, are we going to still go to Moran Park? And that was, like, a legit, like, true, honest question. And we we didn't have come up with an answer on the way to church. We just were like, well, I guess we'll see what happens. And then the news happens, and then I think we had Uncomfor- like, it was very uncomfortable, I feel like, if, if you were here, you kind of felt that heaviness and that weight. Uh, and then, instead of just making an emotional decision, we really turned to the Lord.
3: Yeah, so on the way home, we um, had the conversation, like, our immediate reaction was we wanted to leave. But like Cody said, we're like, okay, we're going to pray over it. So that week, we spent time um, individually and together just praying over it and seeking what the Lord wanted for us. And um, one of the nights shortly after that Sunday night, I had a dream where we were visiting a different church, and um, it wasn't like anything we'd ever been to before. It was like the inside of the church was like a house, and we were all sitting down and having a meal together, and there was this room that was like a nursery, and there were a bunch of cribs in it, and there was like a nursing mom in there. And I was like, this isn't how it's supposed to be, and God in my dream said, "This this is how it's supposed to be, this is how I intended it. And um, so that was part of it. And also just other things, we felt like the Lord said stay. So we're here. And we're just going to seek the Lord and what he wants us to do and just trying to be obedient to him.
2: Yeah, I think um, continuing on to that, as a family I think it's just super important just to seek the Lord not only in like we're attending church but any life decision and um, I think we could use prayer for uh, whether or not uh, Elizabeth keeps working or if she kind of backs off and um, stays at home with her kiddos so if you guys want to throw us up in your prayers when you're doing that we would greatly appreciate it that's all we got
1: I'm going to invite Meredith up to share next. Yeah, give her a hand. Thanks, guys.
4: Thank you. I just asked her to stay up here with me so you can look at both of us. <laughs> um, I was invited to speak today because I have not decided if I'm staying or going. So. Um, Please have grace with me, because that's a really scary thing to be talking to you all about. Um, So, mainly, I'm still here because I take leaving a church really, really seriously. Um, I think any any good relationship will have conflict and hurt. And to make it something good, you have to press into it. Um, and I don't, think, I don't think fruit or true love comes out of um, abandoning a relationship when it gets hard. Um, so that's, that's why I'm still here. I'm saying, I'm, I'm doing the work right now to put in love and to try to build something. Um, but in doing this, I have explored and I've thought, okay, Lord, what what would be reasons that I have to leave a church? And so I, th- I feel in my life, the Lord gave me three reasons that I would have to leave a church. Um, the first is if if God tells me to go, right? If God tells you to go to another church, like you're free. <laughs> That's his call on you. That's not for us to judge or to tell you otherwise. Um, the second is if I see unrepentant sin in leadership. I think that's a reason to leave a church. And the third is if um, the gospel is not being preached or a false gospel is being preached. I think those are reasons to leave the church. Um, So I'll just kind of walk you through where I'm at in those. Um, I have not felt the Lord telling me to leave. (laughs) I haven't felt him releasing me from this place yet. Um, Not releasing me because it's a bad thing, but it's uncomfortable at times. Um, And so I stay until he tells me to go. Um, I have not seen unrepentant sin from our leadership. Um, I'm so grateful for that. So many churches do fall apart because of really damaging sin. Um, I know, though, there's been discomfort, and there's been hurt, and I've felt hurt, and I've felt overlooked. Um, so if you're still feeling that, I'm not trying to cover that up and say, hey, things are fine. You shouldn't feel bad. <laughs> um, I've also had to rec- recognize and res- wrestle with the Lord. Um, I, can't, I can't expect humans not to at times fail me or, or hurt me or cause offense. Um, and I think in my heart, I don't think it's fair to hold um, people in the church body to Christ's standard of perfection, right? Like, Christ is the true, true leader of our church, and he completely filled the bar for being a perfect leader. Um, now, it's not fair of me to expect um, people leading our church or members of our body to never hurt my feelings or make a decision that I might not agree with. Um, so if, if you're still feeling hurt or unheard, um, I think that that's valid. I, th- I would encourage you to press into that and speak to those people um, and let yourself feel that. Um, if you're a church leader, um, I want you to know that I'm done like expecting <laughs> perfection from anyone. And I, um, I repent in myself of holding humans to expecting perfection because Christ covered our sin, right? He came to save imperfect people. So in that sense, I don't I don't see unrepentant sin from people here. I don't feel the need to leave. Um, and then the last one, preaching a false gospel or just not preaching the gospel. Um, I haven't I haven't seen someone up here saying something that I think, wow, that is, that is really against scripture. Like this is egregious. We can't follow this. Um, I think there are so deno- so many denominations. That you could find small things you disagree with, but like in the core of what we believe about who Jesus is and who we are, um, I've seen good preaching. Um, so what I'm left wrestling with is um, maybe a bit, o- a little bit of a level of accountability. Um, what what happens if at some point we do see sin in leadership? Do we have people in place to hold that person accountable? What happens if someone gets up and shares something that is not in scripture, that is not biblical? Do we have people in our body who are studied enough in scripture and in a place of authority to say, hey, we love you. Here's what we think the Bible actually says about that and correct it. So I'm left in this place of fear, I guess, that if we're not careful, if we don't have safeguards in place, um, we could easily stray, right? If we don't have accountability um, for each other and for our leadership, um, what will happen when something inevitably does go wrong? Um, Because it happens. So um, right now I'm left looking for um, what is church leadership going to look like? Will there be people in place who will um, call out a believer in love if it needs to happen? Um, And if I feel confident, Um, that that's taking place, I will be really happy to stay, and if I feel that the Lord's calling me to a place with um, a more structured or a different style of that, then I will go there. Um, If you are on the fence like me, um, two things I'll say to you. Um, Ask the Lord for yourself what these non-negotiables are. So those are the three he pointed out to me. Meredith, this is what This is what I should be looking for in a church. These are my reasons to leave. Um, I don't have a family or kids. I'm not like an active missionary. So what he tells you to look for in a church might be different. So don't just take those three and be like, this is what my church told me a church needs to be. Um, Please ask the Lord for yourself. Um, And then I'd like to say, if you are still feeling hurt, um, unless the Lord is telling you to go, I'd encourage you, to stay until you've made your peace here. Um, I think I felt discomfort and hurt for a really long time here and, but I didn't feel like I could go and I would say I'm, I'm here and I'm at peace now. Um, and so I think even if you need to go, um, it's really, really healing to um, work through it, build a good relationship and then leave in peace.
1: I just thought Meredith's story was so cool and just that she had the courage to share. I reached out like, hey, I know you're in process. Are you willing to get in front of everybody and share that? She was like, ah, took a couple days to pray about it and then felt like she was supposed to. So just really admire her obedience and courage in sharing that. And some of those questions that she's throwing out are questions that we're hearing a lot right now. Um, and things that the elders are talking about and praying about. So if you uh, want to talk to any of the elders, if you want to have a discussion with them, feel free to email elders at moranpark.org. They're happy to engage you on some of those things. Um, I want you to know they're not just floating questions that we're not addressing. They're absolutely getting addressed. Um, Last person I want to invite up is Jeff Confara. He and his family are relatively new to Moran Park, and so he also has an interesting story to share with
5: us. Hi there. So uh, I hear these stories of people choosing to stay, and ours is ours is different. We have we have chosen to come in the chaos, and for I- and we're not the only ones. So I've talked to other people in the last however many months where uh, we ask, "How long have you been here?" Four months, five months, six months, etc. And the question is similar. Like <laughs> it's interesting. Why, why? Why? are you doing that? Uh, but but there are others like that. So a brief intro to me and my family. Lindsay and I have been married for 16 years. We have four boys. We have uh, f- the question I oftentimes ask people is and you can give me the answer for this later. Which one is mentioned most in the Bible? Gabriel, Elijah, Andrew, and Isaac. And so you can think about that as I'm as I'm talking. And we'll give you uh, we'll give you a pancake afterwards, right? If that works out. Uh, so I am, a, I am a counselor, I work with kids who have been through pretty significant trauma, both physical and sexual abuse for my full-time job. I have, a, I have a side gig in Holland where I have a small private practice and I see clients. And over the last probably three years, God has, uh, I don't market my practice because it's kind of a side gig, and God has given me person after person who have been hurt by, by institutional church structures. And so I'm helping them process these things behind closed doors. And these are a counseling relationship, as you can imagine, is a place where you can say things that oftentimes you can't say in others' fears, and you're not judged and you're not you're, you're, you're loved and you're, you're, you're given unconditional positive regard. And so I'm hearing story after story <laughs> of people who are like, "I put my faith in this system and it's let me down." Ah, oh, And even right now, man, I'm just thinking of all these, beautiful people in my mind who have shared these stories and meanwhile we're that's my professional it's classing with my personal my personal we were uh, we went to a mega church for about 11 years and we experienced some good and we experienced some bad and then COVID came and the Decriders, who who many of you know said uh, they were our neighbors at the time and they reached out to our, our cul-de-sac and they said we don't know how long this COVID thing's going to last. We're thinking probably two, three weeks. And <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but what we're going to do is we're wondering if all these, like, like a lot of churches are going to online. And, and I didn't know Moran Park was doing Like, I didn't know how many, like, emails and phone calls Joy was getting behind the scenes when COVID hit of, like, uh, what do we do? What do we do? And so DeCritus reached out to about seven different families from about seven different churches and said, we don't really know what this looks like. We're gonna we're gonna try this thing out, and we'll uh, we're gonna we're gonna share the word. We're gonna uh, we'll sing some songs, and we'll pray. And so we did that week after week, and the decryters were first. And it, you you get a different grace and compassion for somebody who's leading when you know that you're up next, <laughs> because <laughs> if they were if they were a little off on something, if their music wasn't like perfect, you're like we're leading next week, and it is a, a different, a different compassion that comes with that. So, so we did that for about 15 months, and it was, it was beautiful. There was so much good, and so much, uh, our kids got to see, instead of putting our kids in kid programming, they got to see what we are processing through every week. They got to hear our prayer request of, we don't. We don't know what this looks like for health of family members, and we don't know what this looks like for jobs and all these things that you, uh, instead of instead of just talking about those things behind closed doors, our kids got to see that and hear that, and that was that was a beautiful thing. And then that eventually, as as other churches started to open, that, that came to a close, and we asked the question of of what's next. At that point, we had a pretty good idea that we didn't want to go to some. Uh, another super big church that was um, going to have a, a similar system of what we've experienced and professionally what I was hearing was it was just not working for people. So we started attending a, a smaller church that, that de-emphasized uh, the, the Sunday preaching, right? And by de-emphasized, I would say straight from the traditional model of three songs and then a 30-minute sermon. And they were emphasizing prayer and they were emphasizing diversity and they were emphasizing a lot of things we really cared about. And it, it worked for us until one Sunday, uh, they strayed from Orthodox teaching. And it was, it, was, it was something that has historically, in the Christian faith, not been consistent with what it means to be a Christian. And uh, Lindsay came to the car, and Lindsay said, we can't, we can't go back. And, and our boys got to see such a, a beautiful and hard moment where this place where we are starting to form connections. We... We just couldn't go back because we were not consistent with what, with what they were teaching. And that would be consistent with what you had just shared. And in that state of distress, I reached out to, to Britton, who lives fairly close to me too. And um, I said, is there anybody I can trust? Is there anybody? Like, is there anybody left who is still trying to seek Jesus with all their heart and do the best they can? like, I don't know what to do. Do I start a church? Like, I have no idea what to do. And Britton said, uh, he's like, you, you, you have some idea. He's like, you know kind of some of the stuff I'm working through from the church setting right now. This was before he had officially announced his, his, uh, his resignation. But he said, you can trust them. You can trust them at Moran Park. And so we came one week. <laughs> And uh, we didn't know what was going to happen, and it was it, w- it was good, and then we and we came again, and we experienced all this this crazy rhythm of prayer and connection and and worship and teaching, and it was it was beautiful, and we experienced the the, the dissonance, the the murk, the yuckiness, all these things, right? And so, as a counselor, in front of so on Sunday sermon, I'm I'm hearing from churches who are saying. This is what we are. This is what we are. And then on Monday, I'm hearing a very different thing. And so when you all see all this, like, hard emotions on Sunday, like we, I think a few weeks ago, I mean, many weeks throughout the last few months, we've had this. And I think this is beautiful. This is hard. This is really hard. But it's beautiful because this is where, this is where the healing happens. This is where we work through what is in our heart. And it's, so what draws us? It's the it's the vulnerability. It's the being real. It's the not acting like it's all perfect. It's the seeking Jesus with all our heart. It is, it is all those things. And so our story is different than yours, than a lot of people that have been here throughout this. Because I was working for a church at that time, right? Like, so I'm aware of the, the times when you were packing out, and I've heard stories of people in the aisles, and I, and I, and I know of these times. And so I, don't, I haven't personally experienced that, but we have experienced some of this church hurt and church yuckiness. And, and so for us, that comes back as, as other folks are working through what's been difficult for them. My favorite, one of my, my theme verses over the last few years has been Romans 5, 3 to, 3 to 5. And it, and it says something to the effect of suffering or tribulation produces perseverance, produces, leads to character, and leads to hope. And for much of my life, I focused on the character and the hope part of that, because that's the fun. It's like, all right, God, I'm just going to go through this, and then it's going to be great, and then I got the character, and then we got the hope in Jesus, and the hope in Jesus is always there. But during uh, one particular time in my life, specifically when our our young boys were in the NICU, I had to focus on the perseverance part, because every day was going to be hard. And what does it look like to be stronger and to trust in God every day When it's going to be difficult and so for that season of life i focused on perseverance and i and i think and the, the funny thing about perseverance is when you do it day after day after day your character changes and you look back and you think huh how did i become that person but i would say that that's exactly where god wants us to be and that's exactly where the healing is and that's why we're here that's my story